My name is Ulrike Franke. I'm a policy fellow at the European Council on Foreign Relations, or ECFR, and I'm also at Oxford University, where I just finished a doctorate in international relations in which I look at how different countries have been using military drones in military operations, so Germany, the UK, the US. When I started looking at drones about five, six, seven years ago, I realized that there was this narrative out there that drones are revolutionizing warfare. I thought, how so? Looking into the literature and the research that has been done, I realized that mainly people just assumed that that was the case because drones just sound so sci-fi-ish. And also what struck me was that most of the research focused on one very specific type of drone use, and that was the use of armed drones by the United States military, more specifically its intelligence services, for so-called targeted killings outside official battle spaces. So the U.S. campaign in Pakistan, basically. The problem is the U.S. is one out of about 90 countries or maybe even 100 countries worldwide that use military drones. It is one out of about 30 countries in the world that have advanced drones and one out of about a dozen countries that use armed drones. This means that there are many, many countries out there that use drones in military operations that are totally different from what the U.S. does. So I started to look at how Germany and how the United Kingdom used military drones in their operations in Afghanistan. The Bundeswehr, the German armed forces, they have surveillance drones so far, no armed drones, although we're currently thinking about acquiring them. And the British armed forces have surveillance drones as well as armed drones. It has been very interesting to see how much the United States use of drones has influenced how drones are being seen in other countries. In Germany, most importantly, the U.S. use has almost poisoned the debate. It has been very difficult to talk about drones as a military tool, as a weapon system, independently of how the U.S. uses it. The other insights were about this so-called revolutionary nature of drones. The first reason why I think that drones may be revolutionary has to do with the level of surveillance they provide. We have never in the history of warfare had this kind of detailed and continuous surveillance that drones deliver now. Drones really are over the battlefield 24 hours, seven days a week. They can follow individuals, they can follow cars, they can loiter for hours and days and weeks. That, I would say, is quite revolutionary. And the second element why I think drones are revolutionary to some extent is that they have changed the perception of combat by the people that are fighting these wars. So we now have soldiers that are directly involved in military operations, close combat situations, and yet there are thousands of kilometers away. I'm talking about Air Force pilots that pilot drones from very far away. The United States drones are mainly piloted from an airbase in Nevada, near Las Vegas. The UK pilots its armed drones from Waddington Air Force Base. We had had remote weapons before and people were far away from the battle space, but they never had this kind of insight into what was happening right now, right then on the battlefield, could directly intervene and yet were so far removed.
Also, the experience of warfare of those soldiers that are on the ground has changed with drones. Because of drones, the infantry soldiers have a completely new view of the battle space. At very low hierarchical levels, soldiers now know what is happening around them. They have small personal drones to look over the next compound wall, crucial in Afghanistan. And they have slightly bigger drones to look over the next hill. Even bigger drones are circling over them and they can tap into the feet looking at a rover terminal, which allows them to see what the drone sees. So soldiers on the ground are no longer dependent on intelligences being sent to them. They now know what's going on around them. I think we're going to see drones in any kind of future conflict, whether we're talking a near-peer or peer conflict between big powers such as United States and, let's say, China. We're also going to see drones in more asymmetric situations. And we'll see drones even in, well, civil wars. Because what we are seeing now is that commercial systems, the drones that you and I can buy off Amazon, are becoming so good that they are appearing on the battle spaces. We've seen this in Ukraine, for instance. So Ukrainian militants are using commercially available drones. They also build some of them themselves. It's not that difficult these days. The same with terrorist organizations. We've seen in Iraq and Syria, terrorist organizations such as ISIS using drones for propaganda, for surveillance, and for attacks. So we'll have drones at every level of future conflict. That said, for drones to play an important role in, let's say, great power conflict, they will have to evolve further. Because the drone systems that we have at the moment, they are highly vulnerable. It's not that hard to shoot down a drone if you know that it's there. And so if we had a great power conflict, drones would need to evolve further, for instance, become more autonomous or at least become more stealthy, faster. I predict that we'll see much more drones in terrorist attacks in civilian realms. We already have many non-state actors, militias, individuals, terrorist groups that use drones all over the world. But so far, their use has largely been restricted to conflict zones. But I would not be surprised if non-state actors started using drones to spread terror, so for terror attacks in cities or anywhere where it makes sense. The reason why drones aren't stealthy at the moment is that they are automated to some extent, but they're still remotely piloted, which means that there's an uplink and a downlink. As long as that's the case, drones aren't really stealthy because you can detect an uplink and a downlink. And it's exactly that that has driven a lot of military people to say, we need to make drones more autonomous. But of course, there's a whole range of issues that comes with autonomous systems. But the question of stealth is one of the reasons why people are advocating for autonomous systems. All over Europe, countries are waking up to the fact that they need to do more on defense and security. We've seen a flurry of projects at the EU level or bilateral or multilateral level. And some of that includes drones, both aerial systems, which is what I mainly work on, but also underwater systems. So the so-called Permanent Structured Cooperation, or PESCO, which is a European defense umbrella, features two projects on underwater drone systems, and we'll have a few countries cooperating on that. There are currently several high-level drone projects out there. 
it's basically always the same countries that are really interested invest most in that. The United Kingdom, France, Germany, Italy, and Spain. They are invested in a variety of future drone projects. One of them is the so-called Euromail, also sometimes called Mail 2020. Mail stands for medium altitude long endurance. It's a type of drone. This Euromail drone is a collaboration between several different European countries led by France and Germany. A few weeks ago, we had the Berlin Air Show and we saw the model of the Euromail being unveiled. This is going to be supposedly a very advanced male medium altitude long endurance system, which can be armed, which is a big topic in Germany because Germany does not have armed drones right now although it has been discussing the acquisition of armed drones for quite a long time. The UK is also involved in the Tyrannus project, which is a BAE system, which will be very, very stealthy and quite autonomous from what we know. The UK has also some plans with France to build a combat drone, which could be based on the Tyrannus or could be based on a French system that's called the Neuron. Basically, there are several competing projects at the moment. Many of them are at early stages, so they are all supposed to fly sometime in the 2020s, 2025, 2030. We'll have to see which projects come to fruition. The Euromail, it looks like this is very likely going to happen. And France and the UK together will most likely invest in some kind of very advanced, rather autonomous drone system. Now, personally, I'm a big science fiction fan. But what I've realized over the last years that I've worked on these topics is that almost anyone who works on these topics is a science fiction fan. And this is important because it really does influence our thinking about this. Even political decision makers, military decision makers, often reference science fiction such as The Terminator, most importantly, but also iRobot or Ex Machina, any kind of movie or book that displays autonomous systems, artificial intelligence, and all of that. As an expert community, we should be interested in that because science fiction, because it's part of pop culture, provides a common frame of reference between experts, political decision makers, and the wider public. So science fiction can really be a tool to communicate certain things. There's at least one book out there written by an expert together with a science fiction author on drone system on various military issues. The book I'm referring to is Peter W. Singer and August Cole's Ghost Fleet, a science fiction novel about a potential future war between the US and China that uses all these future weapon systems that we're currently imagining. And this is a great way to communicate how such a war, how the future of military tech could look like. It's also important that we understand that it is something that influences views, because if people have this Terminator narrative in their head, they won't like autonomous systems. There are good reasons not to like autonomous systems, but this influence of science fiction is very, very important. More broadly, reading science fiction can help us to develop ideas about how the future of warfare may look like. Sometimes I read a science fiction book and think, this is a really interesting idea. Maybe we can use this. It may sound far-fetched, but then again, many things sounded far-fetched a few years ago, and we're going there now.